Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of geographically challenged friends explore movies through trivia as an excuse to keep their friendships alive. I'm one of these friends and today's host, Nick, and with me is... Tom. KJ. Heretic. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with a movie quiz as these four rapid-fire trivia questions will determine who earns today's trivia crown. The first question is worth one point, and each question after that is worth one more point. Then we'll follow it up with a theme discussion, this week being video game representation in movies. Thanks to our guest, Heretic, for picking the movie this week. Tom, tell us about today's movie. Walking up to theaters in 2010, we would have had to choose between M. Night Shyamalan's The Last Airbender, Disney's live action, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, The Expendables, and today's movie, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. KJ will be our questionnaire today. KJ, what is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World all about? In Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, we follow Scott Pilgrim, who is in a band, I'm assuming plays video games, is kind of in a part in his life where he seems to have no responsibility and is just hanging out with friends, and he meets Ramona Flowers and instantly falls in love. There seems to be a connection, but he has to literally fight all of her exes to win her over. We're not really sure why he has to do this, but it makes for an entertaining and fun movie where he is going through opponent by opponent and seems to be leveling up um, until the end when he wins it all. It's time for question one. How many X's does Ramona Flowers have? Well, I kind of blew that from <laughs> yeah. my joke last it's week. It's a gimme, so everybody gets it's points, guys. There's been so many episodes. Well, I think literally points. said it in Locked in. I know, yeah. that was the last thing I said in my intro. <laughs> Locked in. I'll lock in, too. <laughs> All right, Tom. What did she have? Seven? Seven X's. <laughs> Heretic? Seven. <laughs> Nick? Just to mix it up, siete. <laughs> All right, points for everybody. Well done. It's time for question two. What is Ramona Flowers' weapon of choice? Oh, locked in. Locked in. Locked in. All right, Nick, what do you have? Like a giant sledgehammer mace situation. Tom? Yeah, I thought it was this big, like, hammer thing. Heretic? It's a large hammer that gives plus two damage against, or plus two against girls. <laughs> <laughs> Points for everybody. Yes. It was a giant hammer that she pulled out of her bag. Video game reference. The joke being the guys in video games can hold so much more stuff in their bag. Ah, than... <laughs> you're right. <laughs> hammer you're saying space. it wasn't a Mary Poppins <laughs> reference? <laughs> <laughs> Does she pull an umbrella? Out? She pulls a, no? a, a coat rack, a plant, a mirror. Oh, the yeah. coat rack! It's impressive. I almost said the I almost said the coat rack. Coat she rack. fights more with that than she does with the with the hammer. Oh the wait, hammer, I was talking it? about Mary Poppins. <laughs> 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 she does. Ramona does fight with like a coat rack thing at the end, right? Mary. It was Poppins. really cool when Mary Poppins was fighting with a coat rack. It's some kind of sensor. I don't know what it's like a silver thing on the. I thought it was a coat yeah. rack, but maybe it's it's not. 
Wait, is it what he pulls his sword cane thing out of? Oh, maybe that's uh, it. I, oh, I think that's it. It's a sheath. Okay. It's time for question three. During band practice, Knive asks Neil what he plays. What does Neil say? Locked in. Locked in. I've got part of part of it. Yeah, I, I, me oh god, I don't remember. I remember the scene. Um, <sighs> I don't know how specific KJ wants to get on this one. I'm. I. I got close. I. I'll, anything. I'll yeah, lock sure. in. I'll lock in. But I. I don't have it. All right, Tom. What do you have? I. I'll just say he. He lives here. Nick. He mentions two video games and says it's a complicated question. <laughs> Heretic. He. He kind of looks up and he says, "Tetris, Zelda." That's kind of a big question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it exactly. Yeah. Points for Nick and Heretic. Yeah, I that got me. That, that's totally the beginning of the movie. a KJ joke. Set right the right tone. Yep. But what is he holding in his hand when he's answering a, that? Is it a Game Boy? It's a DS. Oh. And it's really cool. They actually have a game in the GBA cartridge because uh, Link to the Past it was on GBA, not DS. And that's the sound you're hearing. So. Did they have rights to it? Like, I, well, I mean, they had to get rights. He wrote a letter to the people in charge at Nintendo explaining how it was such a huge influence on his life it was and how they wanted to use this to really capture what it was. And in one of the rarest moments in history, Nintendo said, yes. And Nintendo never says yes. Never, never. Going into the last question, Nick and Heretic are tied at six. Tom's trailing by three, but the last question's worth four points. It's anybody's game, Tom. All right. Could be yours. Could be. <laughs> Watch your enthusiasm there, man. It's yeah. <laughs> it's time for question four. What is Scott excited about that he learned to play on the bass? Oh. Um. I locked in. Okay, I'm just going to lock in. Yeah. Oh, God, I really can't remember. Um. I can hum it if it helps. I can hear it. Go for it. No, well, I'm going to get it wrong anyway, but no. <laughs> I don't think it helped any of you guys. I doubt you've played the... Uh... Uh-oh. That's, um, that's, that's a little... There's a clue there, There's a right? clue, but I still locked in my answer already. I'll, I'll stick with honor code. I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to lock in. I think this is wrong, but... All right, Tom, what do you have? I, I think it's I think it's the theme from Final Fantasy. I think that's wrong. Nick? D D D D D D D. He's attacking with the D chord. <laughs> Heretic? It, it, I'm fairly certain it's the Final Fantasy uh soundtrack intro, yeah. Yep, <laughs> it is the baseline to ah. Final Fantasy Oh god, I don't know. It's the it's the base battle. Come on. Pulled that one out of my ass. <laughs> Worked. Yeah, it's a good ass. Uh... Still, still lost. Still lost. <laughs> it's all about that base, Tom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations to Heretic, our winner. Really shocking since he recommended the film and has seen it a million times. Oh, congrats. <laughs> we'll be diving into our topic of the week, video game representation in movies, right after this brief break. Join another Talking Studios production, Limited Lexicon. 
where we play through text-based adventure games. Text-based adventure games were computer games from before computers had graphics. The game uses text to describe a scene, and the player types back how they want to interact with the game. I'll read the text from the computer, and my co-host will feed me commands. This season, we're playing through The Hobbit from 1982 on the ZX Spectrum. Here's a quick sample. I thought uh, a lot about our first command, and I think it should be no print because we don't want to print things as we're going along. I think by default, it's not going to print. And even <laughs> if I did print, I, where is it going to print to? 1982? I, I would imagine if we go west, we're going to be south of the troll, right? Just south of the troll land. Yeah, let's try it. You go west. The troll's clearing. The visible. Oh, we died. <laughs> 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 all right the troll the troll saw us and killed us so i think we have to say the answer to the riddle then the answer is dark say dark i think talk to what Golem. Gollum. say Gollum dark you talk to Gollum. thorin says hurry up and we died and we died so we went northeast last time so let's go southwest you go southwest. Visible exits are north, northwest. You see the valuable golden ring. Oh, we're wow. ending it here. That's wait, wait. perfect. Oh, That's perfect. Limited lexicon coming to your podcatcher and YouTube in late 2022 by Talking Studios. And we're back for the big topic of the week: video game representation in movies. What do we think? Is this standard? Have other movies done it different, better, worse? Yeah, I mean, there are tons of references to video games in this movie, but there's also tons of things that happen in video games that are then shown in this movie. Like yeah. when he defeats people, you get money, right? In a lot of games, yeah. especially JRPGs like Final Fantasy, after every battle, you get money, which doesn't make any sense if you think about it. Are, are the monsters turning into money? Were they carrying These people literally exploded into coins. Yeah. And even into in the coins, major yeah. battle at the end of all the goons, they had their bodies laying out there as if they were piles of coins. Yes. <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah. And I, I thought that looked, I mean, it, right from the beginning, the Universal logo was an 8-bit yeah. logo cool. with the the MIDI style sound. I I really enjoyed all those references in this in this and I thought the movie was I'll say a better video game movie than most movies based on video games. Bar is pretty low there. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, that bar. I mean, I mean, look at them you have like Doom you have gamer. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some Dwayne really Dwayne. bad ones. Super Mario Brothers. Oh, there we go. We have a new one <laughs> so that's bad. not even going to have an Italian accent, so we'll see how that one plays out. Yeah, yeah. Chris Pratt. Mm -hmm. Somehow better no matter what. I mean, come on. That, the original one. Oh, I watched the original those, those... one is. <laughs> that's nostalgia speaking. It's so watch. bad. Yeah. <laughs> the best joke in the original one is when uh, Mario, not Mario, uh, John Leguizamo's. John Leguizamo. Mo. John, John Leguizamo. Leguizamo says, that's Mario, Mario, I and mean, I'm Luigi Mario. We're the Mario brothers. <laughs> Actually, if, if there's any one good part of that movie, it is John. He is yeah. just perfect in that role. It's like he is, gives that that scuzzy but real feeling just mm -hmm. perfectly encapsulates that role. <laughs> yeah, he's a great actor. Oh, yeah. So there's there's the floor of the conversation right there. <laughs> right. For Mario brothers. <laughs> 
this to one, to compare it to Super Mario Brothers, right? Th- there aren't a lot of video game stuff they do in that. They get the boots to make them jump. Yeah, but that, it, that doesn't, doesn't feel doesn't good. It feels see, out of place. It's barely related to the source material. I mean, it's that, yeah. This this yeah. movie is going for something different. It's going for the kind of it's a nostalgia trip or an illusion trip, right? A tissue of illusions to other things that these filmmakers and presumably actors love. Um, and it's also trying to use the the video game style to get at a sort of Gen X slash millennial. Um, uh, and now I think Zoomer idea of coming of age. Right, which is what this movie is. It's a coming of age movie, but it's part of a genre of coming of age movies that's rather recent, which is um, instead of having the coming of age character be somebody in his teens or in her teens or even younger, it's a person who already should have come of age, but hasn't yet. You can think of the Judd Apatow films. Yeah. Are like, I was going to say, right. wait a minute. You're telling me yeah. Michael Sarah's <laughs> in a film that's about coming of age? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you, you know, like but, but he's, that. <laughs> He yeah. does. And in this movie, it's part of that that thing, too, where he's 22 and he really should have become a person by now. And he hasn't. He's dating this this teenager. It's he's kind of regressing. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so it kind of fits this idea of the sort of delayed coming of age. Right. This mm-hmm. this person still, even though he's in his 20s, has to learn how to be an adult. But it seems to imagine the video game, the the ideas drawn from video games as being an aid or a help to to him becoming an adult, as opposed to something that's preventing him, right? It's it's something that can lead him there. I have to take us on a slight tangent when I was making my quite obvious joke about Michael Sarah. I just looked up quickly like what he's known for. So you have this movie. Super bad, Juno, Nick and Nora's infinite playlist. There is a commonality to oh, yes. coming of age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and arrested development, right? That's a Oh villain. yeah, yeah. Even back then, mm-hmm. you're right. Or, they know what recipes to put them in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. I think my issue, I mean, as much as I love this and I do love this movie, is the character doesn't actually learn anything. Like if you go through it, like he, no, this is the whole dramatic it. thing. Was like the power of love and then the power of self-respect. BS. At the end, you have uh, the the younger girl who gets left behind, who is definitely better off without Scott. But probably, it's like he gets with Ramona. Neither of them have learned anything. They have. They don't take any time apart to say, oh, you know, maybe we should see how we we grew after this, or try to figure out who the hell we are. They're like, no, let's just run away together again. And it's like, mm-hmm. wait, time out. What was the, like, that's my gripe with it. It's like, but then I remember it's just a fun movie. Don't try to think yeah. too hard. It's yeah. based on a graphic novel. And I pull myself back and go, eat your cup of popcorn, have fun. There is a brief moment at the end where you think he is going to learn a lesson. Cause they're like, you two are a good team with knives. And then mm-hmm. she's like, no, you really wanted her all along. It's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with her. <laughs> and so, why is she so great? I'm not seeing it. <laughs> Just got to throw the, it out there. <laughs> there is a choose your own adventure element to this. So if you watch the deleted scenes and if you see the alternate ending, everything based upon whether or not the, the woman says he has shaggy hair or she likes his hair. Because that's who he ends up with in each of those. Like every decision point, it's who comments on his hair. That's the direction his life takes. And if you actually watch all these versions, it's like, 
it is really just based on what people think about this low self-esteem guy's <laughs> hair. It's crazy. Oh, that is nice. Oh, God, that makes it all the worse. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think what you're saying, Heretic, is it was also kind of my problem, too, is um, and I think the movie realizes that its central character is kind of a kind of a dip. <laughs> he's, you know, he kind of sucks. Yeah, he sucks. Um, he treats people, especially the women he dates, apparently pretty badly. And there's this idea of of learning a lesson or something at the end where it ends up being, no, you can't just follow Ramona. You have to, you know, take care of this other person you agreed to take care with, but he doesn't, he doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to bear any kind of responsibility. And you could think of like fighting the evil exes as somehow kind of bearing the responsibility or something, but that doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. So I just sort of skates through the movie um, and he doesn't, we're told he's learned a lesson or developed because he's gotten a sword out of his chest, but uh, there doesn't <laughs> twice. Be, yeah. There doesn't seem to be any kind of evidence in his actions towards the end. And speaking to what you're saying where like, uh, yeah, it's based upon this kind of vanity of whether or not his hair is shaggy, according to this 17 year old, <laughs> that's, that's how his life goes. I mean, it's, it's utterly, it turns out he's utterly shallow. I mean, he's not even committed to the music that he's playing. No. You think at least he would have this kind of devotion to music or throwing it out there, a devotion to video games, which is what's what this movie is composed of. It's everything. Yeah, exactly. You think like, well, this guy would be really into video games. Uh, in fact, nobody in this movie seems to be really into video games. The one that he young, likes is that like, dance, dance Neil. ripoff. Ninja 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 Revolution. Ninja. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the only time we see him play a game, I think, in the whole film. Aside from living one. Yeah. He hasn't. Yeah. And he's done this all before because if you think of the scene where he talks about, he's talking to Ramona about his time with Kim, because Kim, the drummer for the band, he's like, oh, yeah, I had to, I had to fight like 80, an army of 80 people. And he had like a hundred foot boss I had to fight. So he's already done this multiple times in his life. This is just a retread. It's his. It's, it's Scott Pilgrim two and three. It's like this is his life. Are those references to the comic? Have you you've read the comic, right, Harry? Yes, yes, I have. I have. I've read. I've read all the stuff. I am a huge fan. Yeah. Where does this fit in? Was it an ad, a good adaptation, or is it one story, or like this is it? It's kind of it has pieces of all those, and it's at the end. Okay. It, it's at the end of the po- the book. Where it ends, the movie ends. So it does capture most of okay. it pretty well. It leaves out the majority of the beginning because that would be like another two movies worth. Does Does he actually date Kim in the manga in the comic? Uh, it's been a couple of years since I read it. To be honest, okay. I I believe it's there's it tells you about the time they dated, but there's not really much but about it. No it's actual. very like the whole time when he's with uh, Envy, uh, Natalie in the book too is very short. It's just mentioned in the movie, but there is it's some short quick. sections. Yeah. But the whole thing with knives and Ramona, like that is... That's pretty much a one-to-one. They kind of did that exactly like it is in the book. Another thing I, I I guess another problem I had with the video game, the jumping into the video games or the video game battles is it's very hard to determine the stakes in any of these battles. Random points. That's the whole point. They're to the death. It's nonsense. (laughs) Presumably to the death. I know, but you know, if he dies he might have a level up or a life only or an extra one time life. he got a one up yeah the mm-hmm. one time um 
Just like a I, video game. Just, no, but didn't the X's have to fight each other? No, because Gideon put together Indeed. that list in, in about in about oh. two hours. Oh, yeah. no, that he wasted like two hours on that. Yeah, so yeah. much time. Two hours, yeah. Um, but it never. I, I don't know. You're watching these things. I'm like, I'm not entirely sure what the rules of this world are. The movie's so not sure don't either. No. What the danger is to the to the main character. The the books never were sure. The original source material never really quantified any of that either. Which is is to a certain degree is fine, right? I don't need somebody to come out and explain to me the, the dimensions of this universe. Well, and just like a video game, Tom, the main character that you're playing, you're going to get to the end of the video game. Mm-hmm. So it, it was you kind of have that built into the movie as well, that yeah. he was just going to have these fights. Presumably, if he lost it, he would just get a reset and get another try. I, I yeah, really exactly. This was a video game, not. Mm-hmm. But that that does lower the stakes, right? In any individual <laughs> fight, <laughs> right? the con- the consequences aren't going to be as dire if you're convinced he's just going to do it again. But nothing in his life is dire. Like this is the most dire yeah. thing in his life yeah. is that he can yeah. date this girl who changes her hair every week and a half. Like that's the whole yeah. point. He's, yeah. He's very listless in his his attitude and what he's looking. He has no ambition. He has no goals. This is the close. That is his growth. Is he actually found something? Because he really mm-hmm. had nothing that ever motivated. It's like he found something he actually wanted, and that's kind of like it's sad. But he does just had no motivation. It seems at all. Yeah, he's quite the slacker. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me personally, that's kind of an echo of my story because I was always very. I was never sure what I wanted to do. I've never had the answer when people are like, so what are you going to do with your life? And I've always been like, wake up tomorrow, eat some yummy food. Like I kind of, I can identify with the character in that age because sadly I was very much like that. It took a long time for me to find out what I wanted to do and to find direction. So that's probably why I enjoy it so much because I actually can relate to kind of the state of the character and enjoying video games and music like he does. I kind of do understand that. Well, Heretic, you may have found your calling because I'd like to once again congratulate you for winning this week. <laughs> Talking Picture Trivia Superstar here. There you go. Congratulations. It's a simple formula. Watch a movie Cheers. a billion times. Invite people who've never seen it before. <laughs> profit. Uh, it's, it, it's always good to stack the deck. If you're not very good at the game, at least stack the deck in your favor. So Heretic, yeah. where can people find you on the internet? Well, typically you can find me on YouTube at Heretic721 or on Twitch when I do stream. It's all my contents there. I'm mostly doing Hearthstone Battlegrounds. It is my passion, my addiction, what I spend most of my time doing. I did find something I like, folks. It's playing video games and trying to convince people to give me just enough money where maybe one day I can afford a pizza. That's nice. that's my dream, folks. Just <laughs> enough money. And we have a nice audience. That's where I met KJ. And we, we have a lot of fun together. Nice. Yeah, I highly recommend hopping on Twitch. Um, even if you don't play Battlegrounds or have never seen Hearthstone, it is a lot of fun. Um, Heretic's great on there. There's a great uh, community that Heretic's built. Um, and if you do play Battlegrounds, definitely go over to Heretic's YouTube channel. There are incredibly good guides on all the heroes. There's updates. I don't know. How many videos do you make a week, Heretic? It's uh, The last couple of weeks, not many because things going on. But otherwise, I'm usually putting out four to five videos a week. Wow. Yeah, and they're... They're super helpful. They'll, they'll, I'll, I'll give you a thousand MMR improvement guarantee. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Not an endorsement by TBT on the guarantee. <laughs> you can rate and review this show anywhere podcasts are available. For those viewing in YouTube land, if you haven't already, 
please like this video, subscribe to the Talking Studios channel for all our exciting content, and follow us on Twitter at Talking Studios. Check out other shows by Talking Studios, including Keep Making Movies, where we explore micro-budget films, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games, and Get the Point, where we slowly reveal a movie poster and try to guess which movie poster it is. Got a question for us? Call the Talking Studios hotline at 201-467-8679 and leave a message. It may be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Talking Pictures Trivia wherever fine podcasts are found. Join us next time when we discuss Casino Royale from 2006. Stay tuned for our first impressions of this film. Ding, 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 ding. Next week, we'll be discussing Casino Royale from 2006. Tom, how was your watch? I love this movie. I saw this in theaters in 2006 when it first came out. I've watched it a few times since then. I really like Daniel Craig as James Bond. I I enjoy the James Bond series through and through, despite the fact that probably more of them are duds than are than are not. However, I would say that despite the praise that Sean Connery gets for his role as James Bond, I think Daniel Craig is my favorite Bond. Uh, Connery became a really great actor later in his career, but as James Bond, he's a serviceable, handsome face. Daniel Craig in the role is a fantastic, he's already a fantastic actor. And he reinvents the character by drawing not only from the books, but also kind of innovating in these ways. And his sort of arc of trajectory of the character actually persists through the five films in which he appears as Bond. Um, even though these films are of uneven quality, it is really interesting to see his reimagining of the character from this kind of, um, you know, fun uh, fantasy figure to really a tragic figure, which is what the, those five films kind of depict. And I think this movie, it captures a little bit of that, um, but it also has uh, chase scenes that are kind of a little more, um, a little more grounded than earlier James Bond things, which are more exciting to watch, I think. And also the chemistry between him and Eva Green is pretty amazing. I mean, I, I think these two actors would be amazing in a romantic comedy if they were you know, young enough to do that. Uh, and so I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. Dad, how was your first watch? Oh, it was, it was good. I, you know, you got to remember, I, my first Bond movies as a kid, seeing them in the theater, I was like 13 years old. So Sean Connery was always the Bond to me, you know. I mean, when you're 13, you want to grow up to be James Bond. You want at least a, a learner's permit to kill if you can't get <laughs> but uh, but this was this was good i mean it, you know the technology of the filming has gotten so much better uh but when you consider you know in 63 64 what they were doing with the chase scenes and all that it was pretty phenomenal but uh i i enjoyed this movie i enjoyed the uh, well i enjoy all bond movies i i can't help it i'm addicted to bond um 
and I, I I enjoyed this movie. The one thing I was a little miffed with was his uh, that he got so uh, romantically involved because that wasn't Bond. You know, Bond was uh, separated from from all feelings. Um, but uh, it was good. The technology was great. The the filming of it was good. The acting was good. He, he's probably, I mean, for me, it'll always be Sean Connery, but he's probably the second best Bond. Um, and I'm, I understand as young people seeing him for the first time and not being indoctrinated with, with uh, Sean Connery, that he would be your favorite Bond. So uh, it, it was good. It was enjoyable. I watched it a few times. Try to get all the facts down. It's like a win the contest. I, I, <laughs> High stakes. I need the new car. So, you know. <laughs> hey, KJ, so what did you think? How was your viewing of this? So this was my first viewing. I had not seen a Daniel Craig Bond before this, although my introduction to Daniel Craig at Bond was at the 2012 Summer Olympics where he escorts the Queen to the uh, <laughs> the opening ceremony. No, I, I like Alex growing up with Sean Connery, I grew up with Pierce Brosnan. And compared to this movie, the Pierce Brosnan Bonds are Saturday morning cartoons. This is violent. This is mean. I don't think he has any charisma whatsoever. There's no cheeky... He, he never, like, winks at the camera, nothing. He is... Um, he's just a mean dude the whole time. So, audience, if you're expecting... You know, Goldeneye. This is not Goldeneye. It's it's violence. I hesitate to put this on with your kids. How about you, Nick? How's your watch? I know this is at least my second watch, and I may have seen it in the theaters. Tom was talking about that earlier, but I know I did see this film around when it did come out. I have not seen all the Daniel Craig Bonds, and I wouldn't call myself a Bondophile here either, but I have seen various ones with different um james bonds throughout the years i will say it brings me great joy to know that tom is fond of a movie that i am also fond of so there we go uh it's, it's not always the case you it's know finally tom, happened tom recommended a movie that started after 2000 so i mean this yeah, this is uncharted territory here yeah, yeah we're but, breaking molds tonight. <laughs> but i think it was a good one for you to pick because it really showed the early stages of Bond. And I think Alex alluded to this too. He's a little bit more rash and immature here. He even lets his emotions get in the way uh, towards the end of this film, which he grows out of real quick. So I think we see more of the, you know, more immature growing James Bond from his youth in the role as 007. And as Tom said, I, I haven't seen all of his other ones, but I do think he does grow further from here. So I'm really looking forward to talking about this one further next week. Casino Royale is available on HBO Max at the time of this recording. Wow, Talking Studios. In Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, we follow Scott Pilgrim, who is in a band, I'm assuming plays video games, is kind of in a part in his life where he seems to have no responsibility and is just hanging out with friends, and he meets Fiona Flowers. Instantly falls in love. There seems to be a connection um, until the end when he wins it all, but then realizes... Does he, does he, how does it end? Does he end with Fiona? He just wins it all, and he realizes he wants to be with, with Ramona... He did, oh, Ramona, not Fiona. I was, Fiona. I was yeah, I thought you said anything, Fiona, but... and I, I, just, I didn't know if I heard it wrong. 
that, I was like, I didn't see down. that version. What is it? Not Riona. Ramona. 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 Wow. Um, and in the end, he wins the girl, and it's happily ever after. There we go. We'll cut some of that together. To we're gonna we're gonna have to wait to see if the Netflix series is happily ever after. Oh, is there gonna be a Netflix series? It's already in production. Wow. It's that gonna be done her, as an anime. That one has her sister, twin sister Fiona, in it actually. <laughs> Fiona <laughs> Flowers. <laughs> Seven more X's. <laughs> no, it's not Fiona. I've written Fiona so many times. <laughs> Fiona Flowers is a better name. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're right. <laughs> But I think it's Shrek, isn't it? It is. Ramona. Yes. Yeah. Well, I keep thinking of like the Ramones or something like that. There's a. <laughs> what is Ramona's? What is Ramona's flower's weapon of choice? Can you say it again? Locked in. Oh, locked in. What is Ramona's? That's what I'm saying. Ramona Flowers, weapon of choice. Ramona's. No, not Ramona's flower. flowers. <laughs> Ramona's flowers. That's not the movie. That's what I'm saying. Can you take me? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Try again. Ramona Flowers. Oh, what was that weapon of choice in that one? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I had so many notes. I had so many notes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was well, no, no, We're not done. We're not done. This, this is the beginning. This is the beginning. Just <laughs> the trivia. It's the like, trivia. wait, no. I'm... <laughs> I'm just picturing his notes saying, okay, seven X's. <laughs> no, it's, it's, there's more pages. Wow. <laughs> I can tell you the stats off everyone's weapons. Yeah, I'm, like, uh, 